a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Welcome to the first official Advanced Medicine Monday of 2014. Dr. Batar, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Robert. Well, we've, we've made it another year. Of course, uh, we're still here. The earth is still uh, revolving around the sun, although it, in some ways it looks to be more toxic. But, you know, whatever it takes to get people to wake up, it's just like the misery of illness until we go, enough already. Well, what's interesting to me is that this is almost our third year. We're coming up on our anniversary of our third year of the show now. It's mm-hmm. hard to believe it's already been on the air for three years. Well, it's an extraordinary body of, of, of work, I would say, if people realize how much we've been able to reveal uh, in, in a way that they would never be able to access normally. Uh, I just think, wow, medicalrewind.com, if you've not been there, it's it's worth its weight in gold. Well, let's, um, let's hope that everybody feels that way. I certainly would hope that. People have benefited from it to that extent. But, um, you know, I know that we've had some interesting detractors, too, mm-hmm. like the uh, FDA warning, you know, because they hear the show and some of those things. That's, <laughs> yes. I don't see those as detractors. I, I see that as a feather in the cap, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. I had uh, uh, somebody comment. It was like the comment of the day on yesterday's show, and, and it started this way. You dummies! <laughs> Just like that. And, and it wasn't talking about you, but it was talking about me. And I was like, what is that about? And it was all because they went to my website and couldn't buy anything. And I was like, do you understand the limitations on freedom of speech the moment you begin to sell something regulated by the FDA? I mean, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. This is the beauty of what we're able to do. We're not technically if, – if we're selling anything, I want you to buy Dr. Batar's book, <laughs> the international bestseller, The Nine <laughs> Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. But you know what I mean? You can sell a book, but the, the point is the moment you say something is beneficial in terms of its interaction with the body, it can overcome disease with a supplement and a, not a drug, suddenly the federal authorities are all over you like you, – you violated some kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it becomes a religious cardinal sin is another way to say it. Yeah, and it's actually, it's just a pretense of protecting the public. That's that's where they get their power from. So they're saying that they're protecting the public from this misinformation that you're putting out there. It's interesting, the projection of their own inadequacies that are, I think we've talked about this before, Robert, where we yes. talk about um, when when a couple have divorced, you know, mm-hmm. one will accuse the other of the same things that they actually were doing themselves. It's almost a way of projecting your own inadequacies. The perfect example is evidence-based medicine. The right, mainstream right. medicine likes to say that they practice evidence-based medicine, but it's anything but evidence-based. And what we're doing is evidence-based because it's based upon the evidence. But to them, they've taken that language. They've taken those words that we use to describe the way we're practicing medicine mm-hmm. and incorporating it into their own system by calling double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-centered trials and referring to that as evidence-based. Well, they've kidnapped the language. I mean, that's the thing. Exactly. You hijack yeah. or kidnap the language, you, you, you gain certain aspects or privileges that you can dole out to others that can only use that term. Uh, we've seen it yeah. within the licensure uh, within the 20th century of medicine, how it's limited innovation, not really enhanced the safety of the people. Uh, but in this way, to claim they're the only ones, the arbiters of evidence-based medicine, uh, it's absurd, but it flies very well in a media that's conflicted with pharmaceutical interests that are not ours. 
Uh, so that's a, that's another big thing. Yesterday on the show, we we took it. I didn't plan. I was going to open a segment talking about this woman who claims to have been raised organically, non-vaccinated. She claimed to have had every quote unquote vaccine preventable disease. And now she had come out in favor of vaccinations. And it was the most absurd piece of public relations from Paul Offit and his gang that you could ever read through. And I was just picking it apart line by line by line. But they really had to reestablish a new way of attacking the parents because it was backfiring on them. Remember when we talked about this, they can't come out and attack the parents. People don't like that. So they said, hey, I know we'll create a fictitious parent who's for vaccines and talks about the ignorance of, of, of parents who are scared of vaccines. And so this was their new playbook. It didn't work in my mind, but it was funny and absurd to see it. Yeah, their uh, tactics, they're just desperate in any which mm-hmm. way to try to accomplish that. That change the the tide is moving in one way, and they're trying to change that tide. And unfortunately, they don't understand that you can't change the direction of the tide. Once it's moving, it's moving. Yeah, and you you said the right word. They're desperate. It's an act of desperation, uh, and it, and it shows that we're we're ultimately winning, and that nature wins out in the end too. It, it doesn't suffer ignorant or arrogant human fools because we'll all pay for that kind of ignorant and arrogant action. Uh, but the question is, uh, for those that want to take the steps to do what we encourage you to do. Uh, we can do so more freely by not grabbing a product and selling it directly to you. That gives us a lot more freedom to communicate what we communicate each week. Yeah, and I think it's also a part of that agenda. You know, there is no agenda for, except for getting this information out. Yes, there are products that could benefit you, and there are products that are very helpful for you to prevent uh, yourself from getting into a into a negative situation with your health. Mm-hmm. Things that you can get anywhere. You don't have to get them from me or from you robert like for example your silver there's many different types of silver out there and the 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 various forms of silver you know i have used probably 25 different types and the one thing i can say is some may be better than the other ones but none of them were harmful they were all beneficial to some extent and how a person wants to promote that uh it's it's up to them and i like the way you do things the way you uh recommend things to help people but there's no agenda there whether they buy it or not because I know that many of the different media outlets that they have, for example, Kevin Trudeau comes to mind. He's right. always got an agenda to sell something, and he doesn't really care whether it's beneficial or not. There's always an agenda to sell something. You know, I, I don't I, think I've ever heard it. No, I, yeah, you're right. I tried to do something like this recently because we have some friends that have a, a non-GMO apparel. They're doing organic non-GMO apparel. You know, T-shirts and things. And so they came up Mm -hmm. with a Robert Scott Bell Show T-shirt that says the power to heal is yours. And so I said, you know, here's a good test of how the uh, federal authorities are limiting our freedom of speech. I told everybody on the air last week that the Robert Scott Bell Show T-shirt that's organic and non-GMO, it cures cancer. And I'm just, I'm just waiting to see if the FDA says cease and desist. Your T-shirt is now an unapproved new drug, not approved to be safe or efficacious. That would be that's an interesting thing. So you really did that on the show? I did. I said it. I just like we'll see what happens. But uh, I think yeah. it was rather funny. We'll see if they find the humor in it. I know the FDA listens, but they might not want to go after that one because it's absurd. But at the same point in time, what they're doing often is absurd. Now, what is not yeah, absurd? Raw milk is yeah. pretty absurd to go after raw milk, and yeah. it's pretty absurd to go after some of these things that have been out on the mm-hmm. planet for so long. I mean, Laetrile is a perfect example. Apricot seeds, you know, right. vitamin B seventeen. And to go after that and then raid health food stores because of what? Because there's some literature that says that it can be cancer preventive or it can be beneficial in patients that are suffering from cancer. Well, whether that's true or not true, mm-hmm. it's irrelevant. 
why are you going to go and raid health food stores for a substance that naturally grows in a fruit? It's a seed that comes from a fruit. So why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, it's well, apricot seeds. Yeah. The so moment, the, the moment is right there, right? And of course, this, the the why we're discussing this as we're doing Advanced Medicine Monday here with Doctor Asha Bittar today is because it points out the absurdity, the regulatory environment in 2014, not much different than 2013 or 2012. Uh, although more people than ever are seeing through the lies. For instance, we've seen the growth of medicinal use of a plant called cannabis or marijuana because there's science to support it, and we're seeing a lot of anecdotal evidence. And I've you know, had experience with the industrial hemp form with CBD with my wife and pain reduction. So people are seeing through a lot of these lies, yet the absurdities we point out are, I think are helping folks to look at the FDA and say, guys, back off. This is ridiculous already, and there will be less and less support for these uh, uh, actions that are just violating the free freedom of the people to heal. Yeah, I agree with you. By the way, that uh, the cannabis source that you were talking about for the pain CBD. relief. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so you did you did check it out because I didn't hear follow-up on that. Yeah, the, the hempmedspx.com, it's the U.S. Uh, uh, hemp company. Uh, they do uh, medicinal cannabis, but it's not, again, it's not THC marijuana, and they're focused on you know, the, the breeding of the plants that are high in the cannabidiol, not the THC. And for that reason, it's legal in all 50 states. It's not against the law, although in many of the states or federally, they're saying it's restricted in terms of the ability to grow it on U.S. soil. Therefore, the vast majority of the CBD hemp oil has to be imported from Canada or Europe or other places, which is unfortunate because we've got ideal growing conditions for the hemp plant in America. And it would really do a world of good for the U.S. farmer to embrace hemp and grow it again yeah well i was just amazed at the history behind hemp and how the forefathers are all quoted mm-hmm. uh, you know as far as quotes on the plant itself i was yes. astounded by that when ty gave that presentation at the advanced medicine seminar i was shocked because i had no idea that ben franklin and thomas jefferson and washington you know, george washington and all these other people had actually had specific quotes on the hemp plant and and its relationship to the success of the new American nation that had been created. I, yes. I was amazed by that. Well, and, Nobody and, hears about that. You don't hear that about in history No, books. that's the history that's lost, of course, and there, there's great purpose in losing that history for those that want to control us. And, of course, the hemp that they grew contained probably THC and CBD because they hadn't bred it like the modern-day uh, marijuana growers for the psychoactive THC or the industrialized component that are working toward the CBD. So there's a combination of uh, uh, impact that's positive for the cannabinoid, uh, how do they say, cannabinoid receptor sites. The, the, mm-hmm. But the CBD can be operated on or worked with in all 50 states, medicinally, nutritionally, etc. So we're encouraged by that. I'm excited. I can't wait till you get to plug into that as well and report back on, on uh, your findings too. Yeah, so they don't require a prescription from a doctor then that you can order directly? Correct. Yeah, this CBD is available to anybody, uh, physicians or laypersons. And, uh, you know, that's as far as I, I know at this point because it's sold as a food, a nutritional supplement, and not as a drug, nor is it restricted except to grow it uh, for absurd no reason. But as far as access as a supplement, it, uh, it's not restricted, which is good news. All right, that's excellent. excellent. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one, another thing we were talking about absurdities, one thing that's not absurd, we got uh, just, well, actually, we're going to have to do this on the other side of the break. We had a great question from a listener after last week's show. So keep listening. Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar is on. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Hello, this is Jonathan Wagner. We have an internet website, www.choosetobehealthy.com, that carries many of the products discussed on Robert's show, including the 100% whole food chromium and selenium, silica, as well as sovereign silver and Nordic naturals. 
ChooseToBeHealthy.com features the Rolls-Royce of probiotics. It's Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Dr. O'Hara, a world-renowned microbiologist, formulated a unique probiotic that blends ancient Japanese fermentation methods with 21st century technology. No refrigeration is needed. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics contains the strongest lactic acid bacteria known to man based on scientific laboratory research. 6.25 times stronger. Quite simply, it works and works very well. So go to our website, www.choosetobehealthy.com, or call us toll-free, 866-424-1077. That's 866-424-1077. We're here to help. in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All the links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, Dr. Batar, D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com if you'd like to go see him in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Of course, the Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away international bestseller. We've got links to that as well as Medical Rewind, easy way to access a lot of videos and, of course, the 100 200-plus hours of audio, my goodness, a lot of good information that keeps on giving. Uh, We had a a response last week, almost when we got off the air, this came through, and I thought I'd read it to you, Dr. Batar. I think you have it there as well from a listener, and it said, uh, listening to your conversation with Dr. Batar talking about his father. With peripheral neuropathy, I have found, by the way, this is from a woman named Carrie. Uh, With peripheral neuropathy, I found my stance and unstable balance has widened and feet turned out to keep my feet to keep me mobile, scared in the snow, and worried about slipping and falling. She's kind of talking or writing in shorthand here, so apologize if, if it kind of makes a silly kind of stuttery sense. But she says, still on the stationary bike and looking at my feet when in the house. I've been trying to limit the length in my stance and keep my hips straight. Do you understand what she's talking about? All these uh, stat, you know, the, uh, what we say, her stance, what she's talking about? Yeah, because remember when we were talking about my dad, and I was talking about the external rotation of his foot, the side uh, that was yes. uh, paralyzed. Yeah. So sometimes when people are having a problem with balance, the natural tendency is to think, okay, if I widen my stance, if I rotate my feet out, just think of a duck walking. Yes. You know, they've right. they kind of waddled as opposed to keeping the feet straight. And that's one of the things that I talked about on the show last week. So I think that's what she's referring to because she's having that same issue. I got you. No, that may, now makes sense. Uh, remind me back from that. Good memory there. I had the uh, the uh, the loss of that. So <laughs> I've been trying. She she goes on to hear. Uh, she has good days and awful days, and r- refused statin drugs for the pain and numbness. So evidently, the doctors had told her statin drugs would be helpful to her. In fact, the neurologist said this, but she's still taking magnesium, vitamin E, vitamin D, lipoic acid, and selenium, but she's got no relief with her pain, and she seems to be at a loss with the healthcare professionals that are refusing to prescribe things like what we just talked about, hemp oil, uh, you know, or other essential fat capsules that she thinks could help her. Right. Uh, Robert, one thing I just want to mention here, because she does say, uh, good days and awful days and refuse statin drugs for the pain and numbness that you just said. But mm-hmm. I don't see a doctor actually prescribing statin drugs for pain or numbness. I think what's what they're saying is peripheral neuropathy is thought of as an exclusive issue. Mm-hmm. And when it's exclusive, then the 
misinformation about the cholesterol pack, the atheroma forming with um, the occlusion of the vessel wall. So right. you have a restriction of flow of blood. So there's a there's a decrease in perfusion, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so they prescribe statin drugs because that person is supposed to be suffering from hyperlipidemia. Whereas the newest research, and I shouldn't even say newest, it's probably now about seven years old, right. shows that half the people that have peripheral vascular disease, cerebrovascular disease, coronary artery disease, these are all various uh, types of atherosclerosis, which is essentially hardening of the vessel walls and plaque formation, has been shown to occur in people with normal lipids. They don't have hyper uh, triglyceridemia. They don't have um, you know high cholesterol levels. Right. These people are people with normal blood lipid levels, and yet they have atheroma formation. And they've also found that half the people that uh, end up having severe cardiovascular disease have no issues with uh, with lipids, and then people that have very high lipids, half of them have no cardiovascular disease. Yeah, that, so it, that, that is the, entire, the paradox, isn't it, in, in regards to the cholesterol a link to cardiovascular disease? If, there, if indeed there is one, it wouldn't be that half would have high and half would have low. It makes no sense. Right, exactly, and that's the whole point, that it's all been misinformation. Uh, the, the actual issue is high sugar levels, so it's actually a hyperglycemic component or people that are insulin resistant, people that are obese, central adiposity, all these things that contribute actually to the cardiovascular issue, but it's always been associated with the lipids. And then, of course, they Mm -hmm. can prescribe the statin drugs. And so I think what's happening here is there's an assumption, uh, both on the part of the doctor and the patient, she's thinking they're prescribing the statin for the pain and numbness. It's not. They're Mm -hmm. prescribing it because they think that she has hyperlipidemia or they assume, even though her lipids may be totally normal, that that's obviously the cause of her peripheral neuropathy is a hyperlipidemia, which is causing occlusion of the vessels, and so they're recommending she take statin drugs to reduce that. But we know that that's just not going to happen. Statin drugs aren't going to reduce occlusion. No, they're occlusion. not. And it's interesting, and, uh, Dr. Batar, because it says the, the, her neurologist. So the neurologist, even though it sounds like a very high-tech field to be in, they might not be up on some of these studies talking about what you're discussing regarding cholesterol. So they're just kind of in rote time. Let's just prescribe a statin drug. Not here, not now, not ever, not on the Robert Bell Show, not with Dr. Batar. we got a break. We're going to continue our discussion of peripheral neuropathy after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. We continue now to answer a question from you, the listener, and this one comes from Carrie. She was asking about the peripheral neuropathy that Dr. Batar was mentioning, uh, kind of an associated topic with uh, his father adjusting the stance that you described, going wider, putting the feet out, but this lady unfortunately seemingly suffering with pain as well as uh, imbalance issues uh talking about how to how to address it without you know reaching the statins you mentioned the sugar issue now she says she's exercising she says she's on a good diet we don't know what that means you know when people say that but she says there's no gluten or sugar in her diet of course we know she probably means hopefully refined sugars because you can't do without all sugars or carbohydrates but uh, she says she's not overweight. She lays on the floor and turns her hips to keep them strengthened every day with bands. So she's doing a little kind of focused energy or, or movement and muscular work. 
She's pushing herself, but mm-hmm. she says, even with all of that, it's getting worse. This is where it comes to, Dr. Batar, help me. Is there anything else you could suggest based on your, your experience here? Well, again, short of you know, making a medical diagnosis, which, of course, I'm not going to do, but it's pretty clear that in a situation like this, Robert, peripheral vascular disease, coronary artery disease, cerebrovascular disease, um, any of these vascular issues, there's a, <clears throat> there's a law in physics called Pucell's Law. And Pucell's law states that once you increase the diameter of the lumen of a tube, in this case a vessel wall, by 15%, 1,5%, you actually double the flow through that lumen. So you don't need a very significant change in the diameter within the diameter of the vessel wall to make a significant impact on the amount of blood that's perfusing through that area that may be included. And clearly... Anybody with this type of situation should, the first thing, I mean, it's like so obvious to slap you in the face. You need to find a doctor that does chelation and have that doctor assess the individual. Um, For myself, that's the first thing that I would think of because it's it's a perfect scenario. She's got peripheral neuropathy. Well, peripheral neuropathy, why does it occur? Peripheral neuropathy, for the listeners that are listening that may not understand what that is, peripheral meaning distant from the core of the body, and neuropathy is where there's something going on with the nerves that's causing this tingling sensation, paresthesias. And so they term it peripheral neuropathy. Well, peripheral neuropathy usually comes because of lack of blood flow. It's atrophic changes that are taking place. The vessels are hardening. Uh, There's not enough water getting out to the fields, so the fields are starting to dry up. And so the nerves aren't getting enough nutrition, if you will. But, of course, Mm -hmm. we're talking about blood here. So everything's becoming numb. Now, of course, you can have peripheral neuropathy from other sources, too. You can have... um, issues that are going on with the spinal cord or with the you know neurological injuries and this and that there's other things that can cause peripheral neuropathy but generally speaking if you have some type of a peripheral neuropathy on one side or the other well then it's more likely something to do with your central nervous system your spine something like that something actually to do with the nerves if it's something that's occurring in both extremities then it's bilateral neuropathy it's usually a atrophic change secondary to insufficient flow of blood to that area and that's a central issue and that's something that can be addressed with the treatments that deal with that specifically chelation and you would be highly Mm -hmm. um, well benefited to seek somebody i think the benefit would be tremendous i'm with you i was going to say and i knew you'd get there but the point is if she hasn't and she mentioned nothing about any doctor working with her in that regard as far as chelation um, I also work, you know, homeopathically, obviously, with the nerves. We'll do that. But we recognize if, if the blood flow is occluded in any way, that has the vascular issue has to be addressed. Uh, you know, I look to the trace minerals again of selenium and chromium. Chromium also helps with blood sugar regulation in the right form. Uh, we've talked about the fact that there are receptor sites on the myelin sheath of the nerve cell for silver. So silver, when I put folks on it, it was a surprise. I didn't initially expect this, that they've had improvement on neuropathies because it seems to also help nourish the nerves. We've talked about the trace mineral silicon or silica also being vital for neurological integrity. But all that having been said, if there is a vascular issue, we cannot ignore that. Yeah, the vascular issue, you know, just think of a field that's not getting the irrigation to it because the pipe's broken or it's blocked or whatever. It's not getting the water to the field, and that's going to cause the field to start to dry up. So if the extremity, the peripheral portion of the body, the feet in this case, as she's explaining, if it's not getting enough blood perfusion, it's not getting enough waste product out of the cells, it's not getting enough nutrition in the cells, there's just not enough going on, and that's why it's basically starving. And the, one of the manifestations is you start having thickening of the skin, you start having 
the, that area of the body becomes colder. Um, the hair starts to disappear. The nails start to get thick. The area becomes numb. And so these are all signs of atrophic change. That's the typical term that we use to describe an area of the body that's not getting enough perfusion. And it's a very simple fix. You find a doctor that does chelation and uh, get it done. And, and go, go, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's the problem because, again, I can't make a diagnosis right. over the radio. But my point is that's something that needs to be done where you go to a doctor that does chelation. They can evaluate you. They have that weapon in their arsenal to use if they find that that's what the issue is. And you've got it. Most doctors, if they don't have that weapon in their arsenal, they can't mm-hmm. use it. They're not going to know what to really do. They're going to try to prescribe some drug. And a drug, you cannot correct a mechanical issue with chemical mm-hmm. means. Yeah. And this is a mechanical issue. It's a restriction of blood flow. And no matter what type of chemical you take, you're not going to reverse a, a mechanical issue with the chemical means. What's the, what's the mindset? I know I'm asking to speculate here, but a mindset of a neurologist that prescribes statin drugs because of what he or she thinks he knows uh, versus what you know or I know what other doctors that have been more open to the real science about this. Uh, if she were to go back to her neurologist and say, listen, I, I really feel like I need some form of chelation therapy, do you think that she'll be received well or, or the doc will just laugh at her? Well, you know, this is a, a very good question, Robert, but it's also a question that is going to have a response that could be one extreme or the other. It all really depends on the doctor and their own integrity and their own um, desire to sleep well at night and look at mm-hmm. themselves in the mirror and not feel bad or not feel, you know what I mean? It's, in other words, it's a personal issue whether the person's going to be honest or not. Right. If the doctor's going to be honest, they're going to either say, yes, go try it, it might help, or they're going to say, I really don't know, I, I can't give you an opinion. Mm-hmm. But if they lack integrity, as many of them do, they'll say, oh, don't do that, it's witchcraft, it's this, it's that, it's going to do this, it's going to, you know, they're just going to talk about something that they don't know anything about. Right. It's like, you know... Um, by the way, I've, I've read a lot of those subjects that we have no knowledge on. Dr. Bajar, by the way, I've read a lot of old stories about witches and warlocks, and I've not known the first witch to use chelation therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if they throw that's it... Good, then I guess I can... I don't have to worry about that label. That, that right. They, they won't throw that at um, you because I've yet to hear of one that had done it, licensed or unlicensed. Anyway, uh, just an aside, I know it's not Halloween, but, uh, the, you know, the other aspect of neuropathy, again, nervous system, I think of the neuron, the nerve cell. We come back, and we haven't mentioned it this time. We usually do. But the issue of, of uh, heavy metal toxicity, and, and that is a very real aspect of a lot of things, obviously. We don't just say that if you have mercury in the system, it only impacts the nerves. There's no system that couldn't be impacted negatively from mercury. But, of course, the chelation is going to benefit that. We do see a lot of vascular disorders associated with the heavy metals in the body, which is why chelation was, you know, something that was such a wonderful discovery in the 20th century. And then, of course, you know, suppressed because of its threat to the vascular surgery field that was emerging. Exactly, Robert. That's actually how chelation started because of uh, people that were being assessed for lead toxicity in the automotive industry they were also there was a study being done for cardiovascular disease and they found that those people that were being treated for their cardiovascular disease or i'm sorry treated for the lead issue were having an improvement in their cardiovascular issues so let me kind of back up for a second and and explain when i was talking about chelation is the obvious thing here it's actually not one or the other. It's not like, well, it's a lipid issue or it could be a heavy metal issue. It's actually the same issue. It's the heavy metals that cause lipid peroxidation and small microvascular tearing and damage uh, to the intimal layers of the vessel walls. And so the body responds to that microvascular damage and tries to heal it. It's the, the, the small little abrasions. And that 
healing process is where the atheroma begins. And so the chelation is going to remove the heavy metal, so it's going to reduce the oxidative stress so that the micro-tearing that's occurring on the internal layers of the vessel walls will be reduced. That's one way. But then also, as a plaque is formed, there's a fibrin and fibrinogen and the lipids and all these things that form a matrix, a, a net, if you will, and then the cholesterol comes and ties into that, and the calcium ties into that, and that's what really forms the atheroma. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that the chelation goes in there and it basically chelates, binds to the ca- the calcium plaque that's forming as a band-aid, if you will, as a covering, kind of like think of it as bubble gum that's being put on a place that's kind of torn on the wall or you know, you're plugging up a leak in the boat, if you will. So that bubble gum is being plastered everywhere. The body's trying to do it to protect leakage through the vessel walls right. and, and to repair that damage. So as the chelation goes in there, one is pulling out the heavy metal, so it's reducing the oxidative stress and reducing the damage, but then it's also binding to the calcium and pulling the calcium out of the plaque, and it causes that plaque to essentially disintegrate. That's another theory of how the chelation is working. And then, of course, one of the things is that when you give chelation, there's you know, a couple of different ways to give it. You can give calcium disodium EDT or magnesium disodium EDT, and magnesium disodium is the more commonly used one, especially with patients that have vascular issues. And we are, as a society, magnesium deficient. So when the chelator hits the vascular tree, when it's inside the vessels, the first thing it does is it looks for something that has a higher binding affinity to than magnesium. And, of course, calcium is the first thing that it sees. It releases the magnesium, binds to the calcium, so it's pulling the calcium out of the plaque. But at the same time, it's giving magnesium in a therapeutic dose, so it's actually beneficial for the body. And the magnesium causes uh, vasorelaxation, Mm -hmm. and it it causes um, the vessel walls to basically dilate. It relaxes everything. And so you're getting all these benefits. You're removing the heavy metals. You're removing the oxidative stress. You're giving beneficial... Uh, magnesium to the body that needs a therapeutic dose, and you're also binding to the calcium and pulling it out of the plaque, so it, the plaque loses or the pl- clot loses its integrity and softens and becomes more pliable. So all these things are going to help better the person that's suffering from an occlusive issue, and in this particular person's scenario, if that's the case, she's going to start getting more blood to that distal portion of her body that's suffering, which is in this case her lower extremities, and she'll start to see a benefit in a relatively short period. Yeah, it's it's a great thing to see when you do the right thing, what happens, the response. Although I know some folks don't understand the concept. For instance, if you were to go to that neurologist and say, hey, doc, I think my liver is congested, he'd look at you like you were from another planet. So, uh, you know, a lot of times when we talk about things here on Advanced Medicine Monday, Please don't get frustrated with us when you go back to your doctor and say, hey, I heard this, and they're, go, they're scratching their heads or they're cursing at you. I mean, we're not trying yeah. to upset any doctor, but the reality is many of them are not trained in any of this. Right, and the neurologist, you know, the mindset of the neurologist is pretty much desperation at that point because the neurologist knows that, first of all, a neurologist is dealing with the nervous system, and statin drugs are dealing with the lipids in the cardiovascular system, the vascular tree. Hold, hold on, Dr. Batar. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. we got to take a break here. I apologize. We're really up on a break. we got one more segment. Wow, is it going fast today. Advanced Medicine Monday continues with Dr. Rasha Batar right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Next. Live around the world. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. 
Once again, the website's all linked up at robertscatbell.com. Medicalrewind.com is the easiest way to access uh, so many of the hours of healing, broadcast healing we've done on Advanced Medicines together. Occasionally, an Advanced Medicine Tuesday when Dr. Batar is about 24 hours late. It happens. <laughs> Not often, but it's happened. We have a good time. It no happened a couple what. times in the last couple of months. I yeah. know. I know. You've been just traveling like crazy. So look how flexible we've become. And I, and I don't even do yoga. I probably should, but uh, uh, we, we manage somehow. Now, we were talking about the nervous system. We're talking about peripheral neuropathy this hour. Uh, we're talking about neurologists. And, you know, this is the kind of thing where you know, the hip bone is connected to the thigh bone, whatever you want to say, that you realize medicine has taken specialties to an extreme where one specialist doesn't know about another part of the body, and they'll defer, and they'll say, well, no, that's not my area of specialty. It's like, wait a second, what happened to being a whole person? Yeah, and that's what my point was before we took the break on the the neurologist is probably at that point when he's recommending statin drugs, he's just desperate. He doesn't really know what to do for the person, and he's just saying, well, just take a statin drug because, you know, it's one of those things that, well, it must be cholesterol, it must be lipids, you know, you've got occlusive disease, this isn't something to do with neurology, there's no way that the blood um, can get to the area, so it's not nourishing the nerves, and that's why the nerves are getting numb, and that's why you're having this problem, so take a statin drug, and... Mm -hmm. You know, anybody, no matter who the doctor is, no matter how much a person believes in statin drugs, even then statins are supposed to reduce lipids. It's not going to reverse atherosclerosis. Everybody knows that. So the chances of this doctor actually recommending the statin drugs, if they indeed did recommend the statin drugs, wasn't to not wasn't based on the basis of, oh, this can help the patient. It was more a desperation thing, like, I don't know what else to do, so take some statin drug. That's mm -hmm. basically what it came down to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And of course, even in homeopathy, I find the difficulty with some that are trained differently than I was. Uh, the, uh, like I say, you give a remedy, it's an appropriate remedy for a certain condition or an ailment or a symptom. And suddenly they have a secondary symptom pop up. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily they're getting worse. Of course, the body is shifting. But it could mean, and in many cases I see this, that the liver is not doing its job well enough to handle whatever's changing. The body has to excrete, get it out. So I say, come back and do a dose of bryonia or something for the liver. And still people scratch their heads and go, wait a second, but I thought that remedy you told me was for the headache. I said, yes, but it certainly liberated some things that were causing your headache. Now, if we want to complete the task, we've got to look to the liver. Much like we talk chelation, we've got to go to the source of why the problem is with the neuropathy. Exactly. And then going to the source is always the key. You have to address the pathology at the etiological point, at the point where it started. You can't treat the symptom. You can't start to cover up the symptom because all you're going to do is you're going to prevent getting any feedback from the effectiveness of your treatment if you just deal with the symptom. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before too, how general surgeons are the one area of medicine. If you have a person that comes in, trauma patient, you never treat their pain, never, because if you treat their pain, they're not going to become obtunded. They're not going to be able to respond. You don't know what's going on with the person. The only thing you've got is a pain to, to tell you if the, the patient needs a surgical uh, emergency procedure like a laparotomy or something. So any doctor in the emergency room, uh, if even a first-year surgical intern knows that you never, ever, ever cover up the pain in a trauma patient because it's mm -hmm. a pain that allows you to know directs if the you. person is stable or not stable. Yeah, it directs you to the source of the problem. And, uh, you know, that's why generalists are not to be looked at or looked down upon. You know, all the money in medicine went to specialty fields, of course. You know, the more specialized you were, the more you ended up getting paid, but the less you sometimes would see the forest through the trees. Exactly. Hmm. Well, there we go. We come back to uh, the idea of knowing a little or a lot about a lot of things, being able to interact and, let's say, connect the dots in order to help folks out. And 
Uh, Carrie, I hope that was helpful for you out there asking the question. We always appreciate hearing from you and and getting you the feedback you'd like. And she did end her thing to say uh, thank you if she'd been listening for three years and totally enjoy your honesty and love Dr. Batar. She loves you. (laughs) Of course, that's that's not not saying much because she said she loves Ty, too. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Way to take it all away, man. (laughs) Well, she appreciates that... uh, uh, we don't back down, you know, when it comes to these these things, and uh, we're letting loose on what we know to be true. That's because we we want to be able to sleep well each and every night, and and we do. I know I do, and I'm sure that you do. Yeah, exactly. Not that you sleep much. We know that as, as busy as you are, and you've got one of those bodies that seemingly requires less. But uh, with that, it's allowing you to get some extraordinary things done. And I, you know, I wish you a, a happy new year. I'm glad to be on the team with you, getting this word out each and every week. Well, Robert, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to do so, and Happy New Year to you as well, and yeah. to your family. All May right. May 2014 be the best one for us all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. We are rocking the health world already. Didn't take any time at all. Advanced Medicine Monday. We'll be back next Monday with Dr. Batar, because the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.